A new book reveals how to recognize and defeat the evil of communism and other totalitarian regimes like Putin's Russia. The Triumph of Good, Cain, Abel, and the End of Marxism, with commentary by the author, Thomas Cromwell. Chapter 19. The Triumph of Good. The Case for Personal Responsibility. First Section. The Divine Providence. This book has traced the story of human beings from our origin as the apex creation endowed with divine attributes of goodness and free will through our alienation from the Creator and slow, painful process of regaining our original innocence and goodness by overcoming evil. We have pointed out that despite the prevalence of evil in the world, there is always a path for goodness to advance and for men and women to fulfill their original purpose. We have identified Cain and Abel as the archetypal figures of evil and good, respectively, and explained how Abel's path of service and sacrifice is the key to the positive transformation of Cain and the salvation of fallen humanity. As noted, human history is at heart a providential history of salvation that stretches from the Garden of Eden to the present day. We have shown that providential history advances according to the Cain-Abel paradigm, which is evident throughout history and in all cultures. This paradigm explains conflicts within ourselves as well as between individuals, families, nations, and ideologies. In other words, between forces of good and evil. Representing good, Abel is humble and forgiving and willing to sacrifice himself for those in need. Representing evil, Cain is arrogant and resentful and quick to blame others for his problem rather than confronting his own adequacies, resentments, and selfishness. For both, the challenge is to fulfill their responsibilities as human beings to their Creator, to others, and to nature. As individuals, we achieve spiritual growth when our able nature dominates our Cain nature. For humanity as a whole, progress is achieved when able-type individuals, ideas, and institutions prevail over their Cain-type counterparts. But is there an end goal for this process? Can Abel's incremental successes lead to a final success in which good permanently triumphs over evil? A new section, the triumph of good over evil. Given the prevalence and power of evil, it is only natural to wonder how good can ever triumph over it. Most people likely believe that permanently defeating evil is a quixotic quest, a pipe dream of the irrational. This view, supported by the fact of millennia of conflicts between good and evil, undoubtedly helps explain the widely held belief among Christians and members of other faiths that good will only triumph over evil through an apocalyptic intervention by a vengeful God who can no longer tolerate the world remaining under the dominion of Satan. One such scenario is presented in Revelation, the final book of the Christian Bible. 
it says that after the evil world has been totally destroyed by the forces aligned with God, a kingdom of heaven will descend upon the earth in which God and humanity will live in peace and harmony. The faithful hope their virtue will be rewarded by being accepted into their kingdom. The trouble with this belief is that already 2,000 years have passed since Jesus spoke of such a kingdom. His disciples clearly thought its advent was imminent, especially after Jesus indicated that some of them would see it in their lifetimes. That's in Mark chapter 9 verse 1. Why then is the apocalypse so delayed? And when, if ever, can we expect it to occur? In this book, we have pointed out that the realization of divine purpose is destined to occur because the Creator's nature is absolute, and therefore divine purpose, which is the divine providence, is also absolute. But the timing of its fulfillment is conditioned on people being responsible, doing their part to make it happen. This law of human responsibility is as ironclad as divine destiny itself. The Cain-Abel paradigm translates the abstract need for responsible behavior into very specific obligations for Cain and for Abel. As we have shown, history demonstrates that successful resolution of Cain-Abel relationships has resulted in a steady evolution of enlightenment in both religion and science. This is hopeful. It means that if we are willing to learn from the past and take responsibility for our actions in the present, we can improve ourselves and approach the point when our Creator can indeed intervene in the affairs of the world to accelerate the ascendancy of good and the decline of evil. Seen from this perspective, the great moral leaders of history all serve as able-type teachers and role models who have built on the work of previous Abel figures. Thus Abraham came on the foundation of Noah, and Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and Jesus came on Abraham's foundation. In another providential lineage, Ishmael and Mohammed also came on Abraham's foundation. The measure of progress from one to the other is reflected in the ever greater depth of understanding they reveal over time. Thus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5-7, through 7, the moral standard set out for believers is no longer based on a relationship between the Creator and human beings resembling that of master to servant, who must obey the Mosaic law, but resembling that of father to son, who must become like his father through a relationship of filial piety. For Christians then, a life of faith is not aimed at fulfilling the dictates of law, but rather living according to a high moral standard that is automatically consistent with the law. As St. Paul wrote in Romans 2.15, I quote, What the law requires is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, end quote. And as we find in Hebrews 10.16, I quote, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds, end quote. As Paul explained, for the law to become internalized, inscribed in hearts and minds, rather than just written in books, meant that anyone, Jew or Gentile, could be a good Christian if they followed the dictates of their conscience, if they truly loved others 
they would naturally refrain from committing sins proscribed by the Mosaic law. A new section, a final contest between Cain and Abel. The Axial Age, see chapter 6, preceded the advent of Jesus, bringing with it worldwide enlightenment in religion and science. In recent centuries, a similar enlightenment has swept across the entire world, bringing great advances in all fields of human knowledge. As we have noted, from the dawn of human existence, the false has preceded the true, and evil has preceded good. For example, slavery preceded freedom, and tyrannies have preceded democracies. Furthermore, the false typically foreshadows the true, seeking to preempt the true with a deceptive imitation of the authentic version. Hence, the rapid spread of Marxism and Neo-Marxism can be seen as Cain ideology reaching its apogee, with both communism and postmodernism embodying all the worst human traits of Cain-type nature and behavior, even as they claim to offer a utopian solution to all the world's problems. The actual outcomes of leftist ideologies, with their tens of millions of deaths and decades of human suffering, are now undeniably evident before us. With all this proof of their failure to deliver on their promises, it is now time for righteous people to expose and debunk once and for all their falsehoods and deceptions and to provide credible alternatives. We have seen how erroneous and unscientific the left's theories actually are, and we should be confident that the record of free societies and free markets is infinitely superior to anything proposed or implemented by the left. We cannot accept leftist narratives and cancel culture, but must join forces to defeat the left and create an environment in which a godly alternative can emerge. That alternative must permanently replace leftist ideologies as the leading belief system of the world. New section. Providence assures the final triumph of good. The greatest hope for a triumph of good over evil lies in the fact of divine providence. As we have shown, a belief in this providence was a very important element in the founding of America, imbuing the founders' efforts with a sense of transcendent purpose. The root of providence is the purpose of creation, the fact that we humans did not merely evolve from apes, but are the work of a perfect and purposeful creator. The implication of this is that despite the prevalence of evil in human history, the ultimate purpose of our existence is to finally embody the image of our Creator, who is only good. History has shown that divine purpose inexorably works itself out in human affairs over time, regardless of how much time and how much patience is required. That divine providence will ultimately prevail is the basis for our hope. The intersection of history with providential purpose has reached its culminating point. We are at the moment that will determine human destiny, good or bad. This moment looks dark because we have reached the final battle between the two great forces that have shaped history. If we fulfill our responsibilities, if we hold firm to our course, if we keep our trust in divine providence 
and if we invest ourselves fully in the fight, we can expect to see the long-awaited triumph of good over evil. End of chapter 19